Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Before the episode, let me quickly tell you about my new book. It's titled Measures of Success. It's a book that will help you react less to your performance metrics, every up and down in those. It'll help you lead better. It'll help you improve more. So you can learn more about the book by going to www.measuresofsuccessbook.com or you can search Amazon. It's available as a print book, a Kindle book. It's available through Apple Books. I hope you'll check it out. Hi, this is Mark Raven. If you like this podcast, you might realize I have a blog, leanblog.org. Did you also know that I have another podcast called Lean Blog Audio? And there I basically, occasionally, or as often as I can, I read audiobook style versions of blog posts. So you can go to leanblog.org slash audio or search in your favorite podcast place for Lean Blog Audio. I hope that'll give you something else uh, that's food for thought, something else to help you in your lean journey. Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 138 of the podcast for February 9th, 2012. Our guest today is Al Norval from Lean Pathways, and we're going to be talking about a document that he's written and they've published called The Lean Manifesto, Back to Basics, How a Lean Business System Creates Value by Engaging Everyone in Improvement. So I'm happy to be talking to Al about that today. If you want an easy link to download the document, you can go to leanblog.org slash 138, and there will be an easy link um, for you to click on. Now, one other thing I'm happy to announce about the podcast is that I am now available on Stitcher Smart Radio, which is a really cool app. I use it on my iPhone. It's also available for Android and BlackBerry. And instead of downloading and syncing podcasts, you can listen to them um, over um, a streaming network, which is going to be, I think, you know, convenient for some listeners, depending on how you listen to the podcast. Well, you can uh, download the app if you go to stitcher.com slash leanblog, enter the promo code leanblog, and you'll have a chance to win $100 from Stitcher. So I'm very happy to be part of that program, uh, that platform. It's a great way to learn about um, new news sources and podcasts and listen while you're in the gym or have that playing um, through your car stereo. Don't play with your device while you're driving, but um, cue it up and uh, play it. And um, I hope that just gives you one more way to listen to um, the Lean Blog. So I want to thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen. Uh, so Al Norval, thanks for being here today on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me to uh, to talk to you today, Mark. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, me too. And you know, before we talk about uh, the manifesto that, you know, that you've written and published, um, if you can just start by introducing yourself to the listeners, who you are, and you know your background and experience with Lean. Sure, I'd be glad to, Mark. Um, for the folks who uh, don't know me, my name is uh, Al Norville. Uh, I'm a professional engineer. Uh, I'm a graduate of uh, U of T. Now, Mark's from Texas. Uh, U of T <laughs> up here where I'm from in Toronto, Canada, means University of Toronto. And uh, I'm a chemical engineer. Uh, I joined Eastman Kodak Company, and I learned uh, my Lean at Eastman Kodak. Now, Eastman Kodak's not one of those uh, name lean companies that you would think of, but they were actually very, very good at lean and uh, have uh, used lean to try to uh, help them with their transformation from a chemical film-based company to a digital company. And you know, Sadly, they've been in the news lately uh, 
they're having their struggles with it, but uh, um, you know, my heart goes out to them, and they uh, they were they were very good at lean, and they still are trying uh, to use lean to help them fight the good fight. Yeah, and and not not to dwell on on this whole thing too long, but with uh, you know, people may be wondering, you know, with Kodak recently, uh, you know, filing uh, for bankruptcy, you have some quick thoughts on. I mean, certainly there were some really large. You know, the world was changing for Kodak, and that you know that's a huge challenge. Regardless of any, um, you know, operational excellence or or, or lean issues, um, I mean, do you think it just comes down to the the world changed too much for for lean to save Kodak any more than lean was able to keep General Motors out of bankruptcy? Oh, I think so, Mark. That's it exactly. I think that the company made uh, some poor strategic choices back in the 1980s and early 1990s. Uh, you know, trying to protect their traditional film business, which was very uh, profitable, very lucrative. Uh, and they didn't want digital to cannibalize that business. And the technology changed uh, much, much faster than anybody had predicted. Um, and uh, although they used lean, they used lean very successfully to reduce their uh, lead time in their supply chains, to, uh, to drive a huge waste out of the system, drive uh, more value to their customers. It, it just it was too late. And uh, I think it extended the life of the company for many, many years, but I think it was too late. Sure. Well, and so now you've been working um, with uh, Lean Pathways for how long now as a consultant? And... Well, one of the uh, the interesting things that happens uh, when companies are having hard times is they uh, they have opportunities for people to leave the company. And uh, in 2005, I uh, took one of those opportunities to leave Kodak, and I joined uh, Lean Pathways, uh, where I joined my friend and colleague uh, Pascal Dennis and uh, Lean Pathways, and. Uh, I've been very enjoy it uh, at Lean Pathways. Uh, you know, I'm uh, one of the partners in the company and uh, I'm one of the consultants. And uh, you know, I enjoy spending time with companies and helping companies uh, in their own lean transformation and, and trying to guide them uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, in implementing uh, a really a better business system for them. Yeah. Well, and in, in terms of conflict of interest disclo- disclosure for listeners, um, Al and I have um, done some work together where I've. Um, uh, been involved um, from time and time again with the, with a client uh, involving Lean Pathways, so we have um, worked together to make sure everyone um, make sure that that's out on the table for everybody. But um, so Thanks, we, we, we talk about Lean Pathways, and um, you know this uh, this is really neat six page document you published. Um, when I, so you know I want to ask you about that, and you call it a manifesto, and so you know I think when you hear the word manifesto, you think of you know angry documents written, <laughs> written by the Unabomber, and you know, maybe the word manifesto has gotten uh, a bad name. Um, it, you know, it's a really uh, kind of a, you know, a happy, upbeat document about um, you know the great things that come from lean transformation and, and lean concepts. So I was wondering if you could talk about uh, you know the origins of the manifesto. You know why why write it? Uh, why you know the, the the term manifesto gives a little, you know, a little background about how that came to be. Sure, Mark, be glad to. You know, I, I think back to uh, when I was learning lean in uh, the mid nineteen nineties, uh, and you know, like everybody else, you know, there's all these strange Japanese words and these new uh, shiny new tools that we're learning and uh, new terms and and new things. Uh, and you get enamored by the tools, and, and over time, you know, people learn to uh, put the tools together and to organize them and, and build systems. And many people study the Toyota production system uh, to do that. And, and now Kodak, you know, we have the Kodak operating system, and people start to see how the tools fit together as uh, as uh, parts of a, of a of a whole. 
But underlying that, there's a, a series of principles and philosophy that really is the thinking behind lean. And, and as much has been written about uh, the tools and the systems, you know, there isn't a lot that is easy to get around the thinking behind lean. I mean, it's there, but it's splattered around. It's piecemeal. It's here and there. And so we decided to put something to, together that started to really talk about the principles and philosophy and uh, and what is you know central to lean. Right. So some of the key points and th- there's a lot of great themes and, and key points within the document. You know, we have time to explore some of those here when we're talking. Um, one that jumped out, and I think this is a, a real you know, an idea that helps set direction um, is you highlighted win-win partnerships. So I was wondering if you can talk about um, you know, just that idea, how that fits in with Lean, how you see that. Absolutely, Mark. You know, sadly in uh, uh, corporate America today, uh, as people are, are companies and organizations are, are striving to meet their financial targets, you know, one of the, the things, uh, the routes they take is to beat up suppliers. And as you see, uh, companies doing this, you know, there's there's always what we call the law of un, um, unintended consequences. You know, we beat up suppliers; they'll give us the price, but they've got to make um, some money, they've got to make some margin, you know, to stay in business. So where does it go? If they can't take waste out fast enough, um, lead time suffers, um, lot sizes get bigger, uh, quality suffers, and and is that really what what companies want in order to survive in the long term? And uh, it may make their short-term targets, but we don't meet our long-term targets. So we talk very openly about lean is uh, a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you want uh, a sprint that will get you uh, short-term earnings and help your quarterly business statements right away, lean isn't for you. Lean is a way of changing our culture in the organization so that we uh, become very sustainable, um, very profitable in the long term. Um, we drive more value to our customers. And to do that, we have to have long-term stable relationships with our suppliers and our partners. And to do that, we have to recognize that that they need to um, um, make money as well, but they also need to provide more value to us. And so we need to work together in this win-win partnership to enable them to take waste out of their systems so they can drive more value and, and create win-win. And uh, Lean is about these connections that we have, connections with our customers, um, connections with our suppliers, connections with our partners, and understanding that it's a long-term connection and uh, for both parties to thrive, we need to take the waste out, drive more value uh, versus just trying to in a short term uh, beat each other up and and, uh, make our short-term earnings look better. Yeah. Well, you talk about value and I I think you know, it's one of the things that you highlight nicely in the document, the focus on customer value, um, creating value. Um, so often people really, you know, I think give a, I think you would agree, I guess this is part of the question. People give an overly narrow definition of lean. It's all, lean is all about reducing waste. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. You know, that's an interesting one, Mark, and we try to highlight that. And I hear that uh, many times from people. And uh, I like to turn it around and say, Lean is about providing value. I mean, organizations really should be about providing value in the products and services we deliver to our customers. 
And if we focus on providing value in our products and services to our customers, if we really understand what drives that value proposition, you know, what do our customers find um, uh, value in? What would what would drive more value to them in, in whatever product or service we deliver? And if we truly understand that and, and then design our, our products and services to deliver that value, then we can start to work backwards and say, okay, now, once I know um, and understand my customer and what drives value, I can look at my processes and say, how can I start to take the waste out of my processes to give my customers what they want, you know, when they want, at the price that they're, they're willing to pay. But it all starts with understanding what the customers want. And uh, so it is about taking waste out of our process, but we can take a lot of waste out that doesn't drive significant amounts of uh, um, increases in a value proposition to a customer. And what I really want to do is take waste out so that we get huge increases in the value proposition to our customers. Yeah. So really focusing on, on value, that is part of what helps you get pointed in the right direction in addition to that long-term view and, and trying to help create win-win partnerships, right? Absolutely. And and so it all starts with that. And I think a lot of companies, um, you get this conflict between are, are we here to take waste out, you know, which helps us with our profits, or are we here to um, drive more value to our customers? And if we drive more value to our customers, then we'll be able to sell more product and, and grow to success. And it's an interesting dilemma, you know, do we, um, between um, um, a mindset in companies, which is I'll take waste out and then get my short-term profits versus I'll create more value for my customers and I'll grow to success. Yeah, I mean, as I grow to success and I'm, you know, driving um, or delivering more value to my customers, I still need to take the waste out of my, my uh, processes in, my, in uh, terms of how I deliver my products and services. But, you know, part of you talked about, uh, you know, it's an upbeat document. And it's an upbeat document because we, we believe lean is a growth strategy. You know, I firmly believe it's a growth strategy. If we're delivering more value to our customers, uh, then we will start to grow. And as we grow as an organization, we'll have uh, not only financial success, but we'll have the ability then to take waste out uh, um, as we grow. And, and so it's a win-win. And, and the pie gets bigger. And as the pie gets bigger, we can share that pie with all of our um, partners in our business. Now, one other thing that would be good to touch on a little bit, you know, talk about the balance between um, long-term, short-term, or you know, focusing more on long-term, focusing more on value, not just waste. Um, the other balance, uh, you know, you look at the dual pillars of the Toyota production system. One thing you emphasize is not just looking at flow and just in time or looking uh, also looking at Judoka. So for maybe those who are lis listening who are noodling, um, Al, if you could maybe, you know, define Judoka and, and, and talk about why that's important, uh, why that's what you know, your thoughts on why that you know, equally important pillar doesn't get emphasized as much, perhaps. Oh, Great question, Mark. Thanks. Um, you know, as a framework uh, for the manifesto that we've uh, we used, uh, the uh, the House of uh, Lean. Uh, many people, I'm sure, are familiar with it from Toyota. You know, we have a, a foundation of uh, standard and stable processes. And on the foundation, we have two pillars: uh, one which is just in time, the JIT pillar, and the other one is Judoka, which is uh, all of a sudden introducing one of these funny-sounding Japanese words. 
And of course, the roof of the house uh, represents our strategy and how we deliver uh, value to uh, not just to our customers, but to uh, all of our partners in the business, you know, to our employees and, and to our shareholders. And if we look at the, the model, you know, of uh, the house or the, the temple of lean, you know, there's so much more out there about the JIT pillar. You know, we, we see lots of books on pull systems and Kanbans and supermarkets and the formulas and how to calculate tack times. But we don't see a lot about Judoka. You know, my guess would be there's for every you know, 10 or 20 uh, books and articles written on JIT, there's probably one written on Judoka. Uh, so what is Judoka? You know, Judoka means, uh, uh, if I translate it literally, it means uh, automation. What does that mean? It really means building quality in at the source. It means setting up our basic operations and our processes so that we can detect errors, detect defects, and be able to correct them at the source so that we don't pass poor quality product or poor quality information down to the next operation in the value stream. And it's it's interesting because as we start to work on uh, just-in-time and we start to take uh, uh, inventory out of the system and we start to shrink our lead times, if we don't have very high-quality materials and very high-quality information, then we just end up shipping junk all the way through our supply chains and through our value streams. So the two concepts you know, go hand-in-hand hand. in order to have short lead times and uh, be able to... Uh, uh, move product very quickly through our value streams. We need to have very high quality, uh, you know, goods and services. So I always like to think about uh, Judoka as uh, as three things. You know, we don't accept defects, we don't make defects, and we don't ship defects on to the next uh, operation in the value stream. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times people would say, "Well, oh, of course, let's not make defects." But it's not like the one that's tougher is the idea of. You know, why shouldn't we pass them on to the next step in the process where it's so tempting for people to say, and this is, of course, you know, not lean thinking, well, look, yeah, it's not my problem, or that's what that department is for, or that's their job, or I'm, I'm supposed to hit my numbers, so I don't have time to do it the right way. I mean, can you, you know, share some experiences where um, you know, you've seen maybe people try to help turn around that mindset of um, you know, why we shouldn't pass them on, pass on those defects? Oh, absolutely, Mark. Um, and just a little bit about that. You know, I just want to talk a little bit about, a little more deeper about Judoka. You know, Judoka typically has uh, two pieces to it. And uh, one piece is, you know, it's allowing machines and equipment to do what they do best. And that is to um, use their sensors and the analyzers, their instruments, uh, you know, to look for defects. And when they find defects, you know, to alarm us and tell us there's a defect. But Judoka is a very got a very large people component to it because what do people do best? And that's solve problems. And so Judoka has both this machine piece, which is um, um, finding the defects, telling us about them, and even stopping the process. And people need to also then be engaged in uh, Judoka by then responding to these alarms, responding to these stoppages, and starting to uh, then solve problems. And that's what people do best. And that's the piece of Jadoka that I love. It's, it's very, very consistent with what we call uh, respect for the humanity or respect for the dignity of people. 
problem solving is one of the ways that we show respect for people. We're making full use of their talents and their abilities, you know, and their um, their skills by allowing them to problem solve. You know, you can imagine a situation where we get an alarm and uh, people um, come back. They start to um, they answer the alarm, but they're not allowed to problem solve. Well, we're not making use of the knowledge that those people have uh, because the people who are uh, closest to the work, you know, have the most knowledge about the work. We also are not making use of of, um, good problem solving. You know, the evidence and the the causal analysis in the problem solving will degrade over time. People closest to the work are able to get the evidence when it's fresh, do the causal analysis, understand all the conditions, and solve the problems very, very quickly. Uh, So... Not only is it making use of their talents, uh, the problem-solving talents as an individual, but it makes good sense to do it because they can see, they know all the process conditions, they know all the little annoyances of what was happening at the time to help us then problem-solve. So, so judoka and uh, respect for people, you know, very much go hand in hand, and it's one of the reasons why we emphasized it and why I like to emphasize it because it starts to pull people in and engage people and shows them. That, that respect for, for problem solving. Yeah. Well, and so that idea of engaging people in finding problems, engaging people in improvement, um, maybe the final thing you know, we, we can talk about is the idea of, as you highlighted um, in one of the pages in the manifesto, um, engaging hearts and minds. And I think the method you talk about for doing that uh, might be one method that people might overlook as a way of engaging people. So I was wondering if you, if you could you know, talk to us about that. Absolutely. You know, my belief, Mark, and uh, we've tried to convey this in what you called our, our happy upbeat document, is that lean is 90% about people. You know, it's 10% about the tools and techniques. And that's part of why that lean is transferable. We could use it in manufacturing. We could use it in a service industry. We can use it in healthcare because it's about people and it's about taking these principles and the thinking and applying it to the exact situation. The application is a little bit different. The thinking's the same. Part of the thinking is our problem-solving thinking about engaging people. So engaging people means that we're empowering people to solve problems themselves um, or in their teams. You know, it's not the management or the leaders, the, uh, the people higher up in the hierarchy, the organization in their ivory towers solving problems. It's people closest to the work solving the problems. And how do we do that? Well, we need to um, have people um, engage not just their minds and their problem-solving ability, but their hearts. And their hearts are, yeah, I really want to do this because I want to make this a better place to work. I want to do this because it drives more value to our patients, to our customers. It's engaging the hearts of people, you know, and um, if we can engage not just the minds of people to actually solve problems, but the hearts, which is the willingness to be able to do it, when you walk into a company that is doing that or an organization that's doing that, you just get this this wonderful sense of what a great place to work because people are are used yeah you know, you've seen that you've felt that it's you feel it you can just go in you can feel it because people are it's not that they're not busy they're busy but they're busy and and they're happy in their work and they're they know that they're driving for a greater good a better good for customers their patients and uh so engaging their hearts in this willingness to actually go the extra step and problem solve is is so critical to uh 
a thinking behind lean. Yeah. And then where, where does strategy deployment, I mean, think, you know, enter in in terms of um, the role in that engagement or the right sequence, or the right timing to um, try to get that methodology in place? And, and some listeners, again, you know, if they're new to lean, might not be real familiar with um, strategy deployment. So, I mean, what, what's your, um, you know, kind of brief summary? I'd say we could do a whole 20 minutes talking about strategy deployment. <laughs> we, but, we sure could. There's uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, strategy deployment uh, is really a way of pointing the organization and uh, where we want the organization to go. But it's a, the key is that we, we align and focus the entire organization to help us get there. You know, so most organizations have a mission and visions, and here's where we want to go. But it, and it's not that they're wrong, but they're they're not um, engaging the the people and 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 uh, in terms of the dialogue and discussion, in terms of how do we get there, right. and they're not getting the buy-in of the people to help us get there. Well, but can't they just force that buy-in? I mean, I said that tongue-in-cheek. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you talk about collaboration and engagement. I think a lot of times people have the misperception that, oh, well, you know, we, we come up with our strategy and we deploy the heck out of it and force people to get on board. Um, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, I mean... No, you're absolutely right. And I hear this from leadership teams many times. Well, we told the people this is what we wanted them to do. Well, that's not engaging them in, in their... In their uh, so that they're actually willing and they're giving us that willingness to be able to help move us forward yeah well al um thanks for talking about you know a wide range of topics that we've we've touched on but um you know i think there's been a lot of um, there are a lot of great themes you touch on and in, in such a you know short document six page manifesto um that, that you've written um where can people go and uh, learn more about lean pathways and what you know what's the easiest way to go and uh, download read that document okay the manifesto is available on our website which is um, www.leansystems.org. And that'll take you to the main landing page on the website. And uh, there is a, uh, one of the buttons there is called shop. And if you just click on the shop button, uh, various options are available. And the manifesto is there. It's a free download. And uh, just click on the free download and uh, you will uh, get a, be able to get a copy of the manifesto. Well, great. And, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for making that available as uh, a free download. Um, so I hope people will go and um, take a look. So again, our guest has been Al Norval from Lean Pathways. So it was great talking to you. Great talking, Mark. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Sure thing. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.